Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dreams to Reality podcast. On this podcast, I talk to extraordinary people like athletes, podcasters, entrepreneurs, marketers, singers who are all making their dreams and goals come true to help you make your dreams into reality. The motivation and the tips that they bring will help you make those dreams into reality. And on today's podcast, I talked to Jacob O'Connor, a fellow podcaster who has talked to Mark Randolph and other notable people. Today, we talk about how you can get those notable people on your podcast. We talk about how you can succeed as a podcaster and how you can be the best podcaster in the world. Before we dive into today's podcast, if you haven't done so already, make sure to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast on. Make sure to share the podcast with five of your friends and also make sure to take notes so that you can make those dreams into reality. With that being said, let's dive right into the podcast and talk and listen to Jacob's knowledge. Hey guys, today I'm here with Jacob O'Connor and he is a very popular podcaster and he just finished high school. Um he has had numerous guests on his podcast like Apple Cider, Gerald Adams and just amazing guests. So without further ado, Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank you. And I'll get straight right to it. So kind of tell my audience who you are and kind of go into your childhood. Yeah, so I am um, as you mentioned, I just graduated high school. Um, my, my childhood, I mean, looking back, it really wasn't too long ago. I, I'm only 18, but um, basketball played a really intricate part in me growing up. It really taught me a bunch of different life lessons, uh, one of which being that effort is a correlation to the outcome. Um, most times that, that's the case. And so through basketball, I was able to learn that if I put a lot of effort into something, I can see something come out of it, um, a desired outcome that I'd like to have. And so my junior year of high school, which was last year, um, my school had a program called the Startup Program. And, and um, what it essentially does is the first two hours of each day, if you're in the program, the students are allowed to leave the school, go visit local businesses in the community, um, listen to guest speakers, and to, to learn about business, really, and entrepreneurship. And that really sparked my interest. And so I was in that program. Uh, it went really well for me. And eventually, I was challenged to start my own business. Uh, you can either be a product or a service. I went the product route and I ended up making a seat cushion for truck drivers to help with the shock vibrations um, and a lot of the problems that the truck drivers have with uh, riding in the trucks for such a long period of time. And so while I did that, um, it, it went pretty well for me. I ended up working with a local company that sells um, seat cushions for wheelchairs um, it, they, they manufacture them globally. And so I, I was um, hired on by their product development team and I worked there over the summer for an internship. Um, had a great time there, but it was while I was there that I started listening to podcasts and I kind of got this idea in the back of my head that if someone else can do it, that I'm listening to them, then you know, I myself, I can do it. I can talk to all these amazing people. And so since then I've had the, the great fortune to talking with some of the most successful people you know that, that there are. I've talked to movie producers who've produced some of the biggest movies like The Hangover, you know, Just Mercy, Project X, War Dogs, all those type of movies. Uh, I've talked to the founder of Netflix, Mark Randolph. I've had TV personalities, just a whole wide array of guests. And I'm very thankful to have had the opportunity that I had. 
I love that. And getting straight to the point, um, what, what, how did you get these big um, people on your podcast? Yeah, so it, getting in my podcast is something that even like looking back, I realized that it it's not easy. It, maybe, okay, it's simple, but it's not easy. And the reason I like to say that is because it really just comes down to accepting that a very low percentage of them are actually going to answer you. Once you reach a certain tier or a certain platform or a certain level of guests quality that you want to have on your show. And, and for me, it was like, I, I told myself, I'm not having anyone on that's, you know, doesn't meet my strict criteria. And so that left me with only the upper half of the guests in, in that sort of caliber. And so I had to accept that if I was going to be that picky about it and I want to hold my show to that high of a standard that people, I was going to get a very low percentage of people that actually said yes to coming on the show. That, that's actually what happened is my percentage rate is probably like two to 5% of people that I message that actually answer me back. But it's really remarkable when you look at the fact that I've had over a hundred episodes and each episode is an interview. You look back at that, it's remarkable that I was able to keep doing it. And what I attribute that to is the fact that it's simple, but not easy. It's simple to be consistent and send out messages daily. It's simple to make um, it's simple to find different emails. It's simple to research these people in their background, who they're connected with, and find a way to get them on the show. It's, it's simple to do that, but it's not easy because of the fact that it gets mundane, it gets repetitive, and you get down on yourself whenever you realize how low the percentage is and that sometimes you're not making very much progress. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, for me, I wouldn't say I have too strict of a criteria, but I do have some big names like Brian Beach. I was in, I interviewed him. Uh, Muhammad Mogudam. He's the co-founder of Genius and Everpedia. So mainly, what I've seen, what works is Instagram DM. How about you, Jacob? How have you been able to leverage these guests? Do you use Instagram? Um, do you email them? How do you get them onto the podcast? I, I do everything. I do contact forms on websites. I do DMs. I do LinkedIn and I email them as well. Awesome. I love that. And I mean, since most people listening to this are podcasters are interested in podcasting, um, what are ways that you have been to leverage your guests into helping them grow your podcast? What are ways that you've been able to grow your podcast since you have a very successful podcast? Yeah, so I one of the things that I usually do after each episode is that if I feel like um, I can help them in some way, then I'll try and do something to help them, whether it's uh, something on the smaller end or it's giving them feedback on something they're doing. Um, I'll try and do that. And then I'll always, I always like to ask them, you know, to keep the ball rolling if they could recommend someone for me to interview. And, you know, sometimes they say yes and sometimes they say no, but it's just the matter of asking. Interesting. I love that. And kind of what are ways that you have been able to give back to your guests? Because as Gary Lee says, it's not all about right hooks, you have to have some left hooks. So kind of what kind of left hooks after your podcast do you do with your guests? Uh, well, there, there's been things such as like writing handwritten notes and letters and sending them, mailing them out to the guests or sending them a follow-up DM afterwards, telling them how appreciative I was, or some some of them I've even made different posts and content for, or I've helped them start their own podcast. So just whatever way that I can try and find some value to deliver, I do it. Interesting. And do you use Anchor to record? What do you use to record and host your podcast? I use Libsyn. Interesting. Thank you. What are the failures that you have learned from podcasting? Uh, the, the first one that I hit on earlier was the low percentage rate of people that actually say yes. And so I, you know, I, the word failure, it's such an interesting word because of the fact that like, it's so negative and it's so like, 
destroying to hear the word of like, I failed or this is a failure. But really, if you learned something from it, then it's not it's not really a failure. It's just you learning. It's a lesson. And so I think that it's really important to have a mindset like that, especially when you're doing something that's entrepreneurial or something where you're kind of putting yourself out there like this. So one of the lessons I learned was the low percentage, the low rate of people who are actually going to respond back to me. Um, some other things that I, I've learned is that the, the feeling of like, the feeling of like what I'm doing right now, like sometimes it's really easy to get caught in, in the low moments, but I've learned that you need to reflect and to look back on what you're doing because there's a lot of times whenever you're working, you're not seeing a lot of progress being made. You're not getting a lot of answers back. You start to get very, um, you start to get discouraged and it kind of hits you a little bit hard. And it's in those moments where you got to kind of look back and realize, well, hey, I've made this progress. Like who else is doing this? Like I talked to this person. I've had these people on my show. I helped out this person. Like you, you got to hold on to the little stuff and try and um, really reflect and be grateful whenever you start to get discouraged. And kind of what are, what does a typical day look like for you for podcasting? Like how long do you take to edit your podcast? How long do your podcast last? Um, kind of go into that. Yeah, so for me, it's it's kind of interesting because I started all this off as a podcast, but now it's trying it's kind of building into something bigger, more of like a community in an online community. So it, it you know to the actual episodes are about. 20 to 25 minutes each for myself. I like to keep it shorter. It seems much easier for people to digest that quick content. And um, editing takes usually the length of the podcast just because uh, I listen to the whole episode over again, go through, cut a couple things out. Um, and I'm also, you know, getting everything ready to release it while I'm listening to the to the edit that I'm making at the same time. So editing's probably the duration of the podcast, so about 30 minutes usually. Um, and Oh yeah, typical day for me. So, the, the, you know, there's other things I do. I spend a large part of my day networking, reaching out to other people, but um, I'm to the point where I'm actually starting to work on some own things, some of my own things for myself. Uh, I'm getting my LLC for the podcast, getting uh, different forms of revenue that, that I can start making, whether it's apparel or, you know, online websites and stuff like that. I'm trying to put together some resources, help out people like yourself and people who, you know, who were like me in the beginning, like just giving you guys resources and at the same time also finding some ways for myself to make some money. So in podcasting, what are the biggest lessons you've learned? Just like out of your guests or just doing podcasts in general? Uh, one of the biggest ones that I had is that, you know, the power of just asking, like you, you can't be afraid because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And so th that mindset really worked out pretty well. I mean, obviously you don't want to like abuse it or be ridiculous about it, but if there's something you're nervous about, like the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And then another big one that I've had to take away is that um, the, the best time is now. And it's super simple, but it's, it's very straightforward. And, uh, I love it quite frankly, it, just because of the fact that it's it, it's a quick reminder that like we could die at any moment, something tragic could happen, but the, the best time to make whatever it is you want in the future is, is right now, because if you put it off till tomorrow, who knows if tomorrow's gonna come or not. Yeah, that's true, with whole COVID-19, you don't know whether, like, I'm not saying you're not, whether or not people will die, but it's just put this awareness on people that, hey, we only have one life and we don't want to live a life that um, I love that. And who would you say, like, out of all your guests, I mean, you don't have to be too nitpicky about it, but who are the five biggest guests that you had that had the biggest influence on you? Um, that's an interesting question. You know, definitely Mark Randolph, the founder of Netflix. That was super cool, very surreal for myself. 
Uh, Sean Whalen and Aaron Wagner were also two very big interviews for myself because of the fact that I've continued to talk to them afterwards. They've been kind of like mentors for myself. Um, Dylan Kivo was one of my earlier episodes. The, the, um, him and I have actually gotten pretty close. I started a podcast, another second podcast with him called Authority Titans. Uh, him and I have been working together on some stuff. So the, the, the ones that have been the most impactful for me are the ones that have created a relationship afterwards that I've been able to, you know, kind of stick with them and, and learn a lot from them. So interesting about an interesting thing, this whole past year, you were a senior, even last year you were a junior and you did kind of college applications. You did all the essays, all the good stuff. How did you kind of manage both? How did you manage school, college and podcasting? Yeah, so it was a crazy year just because the fact that, um, you know, education's always been very important to my family. So I took a bunch of AP classes this year. Um, I'm also a varsity athlete. So between balancing AP courses, varsity athletics, and then having to run the podcast and essentially the entire brand, like there were nights where I'd get home from a basketball game at 10 p.m. and I'd have an interview set up with someone at 10.45 p.m. Then I'd have to edit that for the next day and then do a couple other things and then start my homework after that. Like there were definitely some long late nights, but when it comes down to time management, yes, people can be super structured about it, but but the best way that I've found for myself is just kind of like make a little bit of a list and just say, this needs to get done today. Like I know that doesn't sound the most organized, but for myself, it's worked out the best because I know if I work for a long period of time, then I'll need to take a little break and do something. And as long as I get the same end result of having everything done by the end of the day, then I'm fine with it. And what would you say, like, if you could give some tips to someone who aspires to have a podcast or someone who has a podcast and they kind of want to grow that, what would you say to them? Uh, that first of all, that it's possible. Uh, but I'd also like to attach with that. It's possible if you're willing to do the work, like as I'm starting to find, you know, as, as I am over the 100 podcast mark barrier, like it gets super hard to keep doing the things that you've been doing since day one. You want to go in so many different directions and it's okay to take it in different directions, but you still have to, when you're working by yourself, you still have to keep up the, the same stuff from the past. And so it gets super mundane at different times, but it's been very rewarding for myself. But just know that, you know, if you want to start a podcast or you want to grow it, that you can, of course, do it, but you have to be willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice. Interesting. And I see like on your podcast, you kind of have like the video formats and that's pretty cool. So how do you go about making those? Do you just use Adobe to make them or do you, is uh, so, it like a specific website? So that is actually the one thing uh, out of everything that I've done that I've outsourced for. Um, I was talking with Rohir Rojas, um, who is one of the guys I had on the podcast. He just goes by Roger, but you know, uh, he is the content CEO. He, he takes pictures and does video and film film and everything for that for super big athletes, um, Super Bowl quarterback this year, Patrick Mahomes. He did it for a bunch of other successful people. And he introduced me to the guy who actually makes some videos for him. His name's Sid. Uh, but yes, I've been working with Sid, sending over content. He's been making it for me and sending it back. And yeah, that's one thing I outsource for though. Interesting. And how do you get to the point where you can outsource? Because right now, I'm only at maybe 30, like 60 listens for my podcast, which isn't that bad. Um, how do you know what point in your in the amount of listens should you get to the point where you outsource it? Uh, you know, I don't really know if it's really dictated by the amount of listens. It just comes down to, do I know how to do this myself? Do I have the time to learn how to do it myself? And then like, do I have the capital to have someone else do it? And so in my instance, um, it was something where I kept trying to learn how to do it and I couldn't get the hang of it. 
And so at that point, I was like, okay, it's taking too much time for me to learn this. I'm not catching on. I'll pass it off to someone else to do. Interesting. And last question regarding podcasting, then we'll get into rapid fire. For people who want to get into podcasting, um, what would you say, like, and they don't want to start, because the hardest thing I believe is to start. What do you say to them? Uh, first, you got to you gotta look at what's holding you back. So for myself, and probably for most people, it's the fear of what other people are thinking. And so what I would say to that is you have to go back to what I said earlier about the time is now. And so if you're worried about what other people are thinking, at what point in your life is that feeling going to go away? And what's going to cause that feeling to go away? Chances are it's always going to be there with you. So if you know that no matter what point in your life, it's going to be uncomfortable for you to do it now, why would now not be any better than in the future? So, you know, it just comes down to like, the, the mentality of like, yes, other people aren't going to like it, but it's going to sort them out of your life. It's going to take people out of your life that probably shouldn't be there, that probably don't really support you. Okay, and a few more questions. So if you want to answer this, go ahead. If not, I can always edit it out. What are what are typical listens on your podcast look like for people who say, okay, well, am I at the point where I have a good podcast or not? Like, what, what does that look for you? So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this, but I don't think that it's dictated by the amount of listeners you have, I think that a good podcast comes down to the quality and the consistency of it because any podcast that is consistent for long enough and puts out good enough content, your listeners are going to go up. And so you can't really judge at that point because of the fact that it's exponential means that you're going to be very slow in the beginning. And then all of a sudden it's going to be a rapid jump. Some people just haven't hit the jump yet. It's just a matter of keeping with it. So I, I don't think that we, that the numbers really matter. Interesting. And to kind of, I don't know if if you can relate to this, but you were in high school, so you meet all kinds of different people. Um, I don't know if someone's asked you this, but what kind of, what is the biggest lesson you learn from someone with a disability? Whether it may be Down syndrome, autism, um, any anything, you don't have to say their name, but just say like the biggest lessons you kind of learned from them. Uh, the, a lot of them are very resilient and super inspiring to see to see people who obviously, you know, we all think to ourselves that we have our own handicaps, but to see someone with a physical handicap or a mental handicap that's been diagnosed like that, they're very resilient and they're typically very um, optimistic and super energetic. And so it's really inspiring to see them like that. Interesting. And what are the biggest, so I know you're, you you have aspirations to kind of get Gary B on your podcast. Um, how do you go about getting a big name like Gary B on your podcast? Like, what are your plans to make that happen? Um, well, you know, I've identified it as a goal, which is probably half the battle. And, you know, at this point, it's like I reach out to him and I do what I can. I know that he's probably not going to see me reaching out to him. So I know that what's going to happen is with time, I'm going to meet people. And as I meet people, one of them eventually is going to do something that puts me either in the same room as him or that connects me to him in some sort of way. So I know that since I've identified it as a goal, since I know people that work with him, at some point, it's just a matter of time until it happens. Interesting. One thing I would recommend, I don't know if you're connected with them, but um, I would talk to like Dustin or Zane because they work directly with Gary and I want to work for Gary B in the future. So like I've kind of been leveraging those contacts and just keeping up a conversation with them because I know, hey, if I keep this up, I can get the job. So that's what I would have uh, recommendations for you. But kind of closing out the podcast here. Um, what are last minute thoughts, last minute things you want to share in terms of podcasting with my audience? Uh, I will share with you guys that I'm actually working on something that is directly for podcasters like yourself. 
and it's, it's going to be a free resource. It's a website. Um, it's www.connection-pro.com. And so what's it, what it's going to do is I've taken a bunch of my guests and I've talked with them and I've said like, Hey, you know, you know, I found all of your contact information. It was kind of a challenging thing to do. Podcasters have been a long time doing it. Do you guys care if I put together a website with all of your information on one page, people can just reach out to you themselves. It, it's so much easier of a process. And, you know, looking back, I wish this is something that I would have had. So I wouldn't have had to spend those hours reaching out to all these people. You're literally going to have it on one page. You can search for your guests. You can scroll through their bios, click on their links, everything. It's all going to be available on that website that I just told you guys. So yeah, it's a great resource. And I hope you guys really start to t- take use of it. And Jacob, um, people, like, I wanted to ask you, why did you decide to go the free route? Because you could easily charge people like $500 just to get that resource and to go their podcast. Why did you decide to go the free route? You know, I, there is a point in the future where I do plan to monetize part of it. And so I have two visions in my head. The first vision is I have the no requirements page. So basically this is the first part that's coming out. This is the part that all of you guys are going to be able to see. It's got the guests on it that I've had on some of my first guests, um, super great people. All of them are super great in what they've done and that's going to be free for you guys. But then there's going to be a second tier level where you're going to have the opportunity to sign up for membership to get some of the bigger level guests their contact information so i do plan to monetize at some point but i wanted to keep the first part free just to inspire you guys to keep you guys going because i know that it gets super hard to find other people to come on your show to get people to say yes and to even find their information so i, I want to keep the first part free as a tribute to both my past self and all of you guys who are going through it right now interesting awesome and one last question do you feel like podcasters, like I've heard about the Pratt Flynn program and I know that's pretty legit because of Pratt Flynn, but I see a lot of ads on um, YouTube and stuff and seeing all these courses regarding podcasting. Um, what are your thoughts on people purchasing a course and how do you know if like a course is legit or not? Because it's kind of taken away from people who really have legit courses. Yeah. So, you know, having had Pat Flynn on my podcast myself, um, he's definitely legit, but in terms of courses, I've never been a fan of them. I really believe that everything that you need, you can either get an experience or you can find it online. Like if you look at Pat Flynn, I guarantee almost his entire course is put out in free content on YouTube or on his blog or somewhere. If, if you want to find it, there's always a means. I don't really, I've not been a big fan of courses. Interesting. I love it. And Jacob, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. I know we didn't have too much time, but I feel like we went directly into it. And I feel like we hit all the bullet points. And I would love to connect with you in the future. Um, Last question, and that's kind of for you. How can people find you? Where can they find your podcast? And kind of how can they contact you? Yeah, so the podcast is Venture Mentality. It's on iTunes and Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and then you can connect with me on Instagram at the Jacob OC. That's T H E J A C O B O C. I'm happy to help you guys out. Again, I'm putting out some free resources. I'm happy to help. Mm-hmm.